0: that's new that's new (laughs) (laughs) oh it's gonna be a good one isn't it right three two hello and welcome to this week's episode of Wolves Fancast part of the 90 bin football network you're joined by me Richard Hobbs I've got Gurley I've got Kim I've got Andy with me today Um, it's gonna be a bit probably a bit of a bulky pod we've got An end of season sort of roundup and review of the last campaign. We're also going to be talking about um, the new man in charge in Bruno Large, um, which I've definitely not rehearsed saying that for most of the afternoon. Um, We'll get cracking on to sort of the end of season stuff. So we've had about three weeks since the Man United game. The dust has settled, I think, to a degree on the season and you know Nuno's tenure as a whole but we thought we'd have a look back on it see how we thought the players did how the manager did and also how the board and the backroom staff have done as well so what we're going to do is we're going to go through the some of the senior players in the squad give them a bit of a a mini report card see how we thought they did over the course of the campaign because it was a I was going to say it was a long old campaign but it was ironically probably the shortest one of our time in the Premier League with the lack of cup matches um, going forward, but it felt like it went on for a long period of time despite being the shortest. So we'll start, I guess, from the back and we'll go from Rui Patricio. Um, Briefly, I'll I'll go to Andy first. How would you sort of sum up his season? Um, Indifferent. I think he
1: went through patches where he played really well and then patches where he cost us at least one goal just through... I don't know if he'd been exposed by the defence or if it was just a lack of concentration. Like the Spurs game immediately springs to mind for me. That summed up Patricio for that period of time. And it was just this really nothing speculative shot from distance that somehow managed to beat him. And there was a few too many of those this season. And his shot stopping's always been excellent, but Mm. this season it wasn't quite the standard that we'd, uh, we'd come to expect.
2: Yeah,
0: he wasn't. I guess, on you'd say, had lots of blunders in him, and he wasn't like a um, calamity James kind of keeper. But he didn't have that self assurance. Um, how, how did you find him, Kim?
2: Um, I think I'd agree. To a point. I think, I mean, out you wouldn't pick him out as a real underperformer. You know, looking at the bigger picture of the whole squad. But I guess that just shows how badly. A lot of the players did play over the whole season. I think. I mean, he wasn't as um sure of himself like, just with his all-round play, I'd say, last season as he was in his first couple of seasons, you know. I mean, in the first couple of seasons, albeit our defense generally was a lot better. But I feel like there was a few a lot of times where he Completely was rooted to his line. Now I, I know that he wasn't ever a keeper that was ever going to just come out of the six, the six yard box as such, but he was almost just completely rooted to his line at times. And um, last season, I think, and there was a few times where you know shots from distance, he felt like he could have he could have done better. So not horrendous, but I would imagine as well he could we could have seen the last of him.
0: In a wall shot. Yeah, I think he's been um, relatively strongly linked to a move to Roma and to Jose Mourinho next season. You could argue, I guess, that you know, with Mourinho's best tactics have been with a deep line defence, a goalkeeper like Patricio isn't necessarily, you know, demanded to you know sweep up a lot. Of gully, he might suit. That formation more or that sort of style more into that manager. I mean, it would be a shame to see him go, but he's in his mid 30s now. Rome's a big old club. Um, do you see him as, I guess, the starting goalkeeper for next season, or do you think um, he, he, we will sort of make a switch and go for sort of a slightly different style, especially with a new uh, new manager, of course? Yeah, I,
3: I think you, you make the point there about him being um, quite a, a static goalkeeper, Cause... sticks to his line. Um, now, I think to play into that, over the three years he's been with us, I think he's also been quite a well-protected goalkeeper. And this season mm-hmm. was probably the season where his workload's been at its highest um, in terms of some of the the, um, the fortresses in front of him haven't been quite as strong. Um, and he has had to do a little bit more. Now, when he was well-protected, his strengths were obviously amplified and his weaknesses you know, not so apparent, but this season I think you've seen that he has got a little bit to his game that he could w- do working on. And, and like we've seen, some he he doesn't drop out right clangers, but I think he still has an odd mistake in him where he think, well, he could have done better there. Um, and yeah, you know, things like the Newcastle free kicks bring to mind. Um, you know, in the last minute of the game, you know, with three points in the bag, really against a team who hadn't threatened. For 90 minutes um to let that slip was, was quite disappointing. And I, I'm I'm very much in the, the the camp of Nuno. I wouldn't have been too upset with him starting the season. And Patricio is in the same kind of boat for me. I won't be too upset if he starts in golfers next season, but I wouldn't be so upset if he's gone as well.
0: I think it'll be a, I think it'll be an interesting one in the summer. Um how that kind of shifts, I guess, going forwards. Um I I won't really talk about John, but he signed an extended contract. He only played, um, you know, cup games and that, that one in the league to be fair. So I think we can sort of skip in. Um, Go for one young fullback first and then sort of mix it up. Um, Came on loan. Question marks, whether he will sign permanently just because of the regime, shame in eight nori. Now I think he has got bags of potential. Um, I think the question will be, whether they move on Vanagar and try and bring in eight Nori or whether they stick with Vanagar because he's already on the books. Um I, I guess we'll kind of circle back around with you, Gully. I mean I'm I'm pretty sure you're you're definitely a fan of um and aren't you?
3: Yeah, I um I think just kind of reverting back to what we saw from him this season. Um you saw a, an, an experienced footballer, but you saw a talented one as well. Um, and all those things kind of bore out over the course of the season. You saw the talent from the first minute he kicked a ball for us, you know, with that goal on his debut. Um, and his ability to take possession, you know, get forward, he's enthusiastic. And at the same time, he probably had a bit of a challenge on the back foot um, when it came to defensive situations, especially earlier on. And I do think he benefited from the shift to a back four. I actually think he played better as a left-back than as a wing-back when he could come onto the ball from deeper. And I think, as people have pointed out already, if Bruno is going to implement um, his uh, famed system from these Benfica days, then someone like Ryan Aitnuri should be an absolute shoo-in to start at, at left-back.
0: Yeah, I think for for someone of his, um, I guess, potential, he... he... I, I personally think it's a no brainer him and he seems like he's that um upgrade on the Nagroo, never quite pushed on. I think there are sort of obvious reasons for that with you know it, him competing for a space with uh with Johnny. But uh, would you be happy to see him sign on a permit deal, Kim? Yeah, I think so. Um, the reported
2: fee, I think, is there around. 20 million if I got that right
0: something like that I I had 18 to 20 in my head
2: yeah I think so I mean can you can we get uh, a better player for that money is my first thought and a better left back, should I say I'm not sure that we can I feel like he you know he's already had that one year experience in the Premier League and as Goody said you know he started off great, especially, you know, going forward. And defensively, of course, you know, he did get caught out. But that's kind of almost what happens with fullbacks when they're so sort of attack-minded. Now, that will happen again next season with our fullbacks If we are playing a back four and, you know, if we're that attacking, that just kind of, it's almost like full backs in this day, and i think need to have that attacking sort of prowess rather than defensively um, and i think as as i said i think Ferb, if he does sign for balls he'll ju- he'll get better defensively and, and i think he's a lot a lot better player actually than than van i was quite disappointed in van sort of i thought he was going to be like a world class left back and he, he still might be but for me, he didn't live up to his potential, and he almost sort of stagnated. But I think that Aitnori really does have that extra sort of something about him, and he's not just a sort of like Vanagra, was all about step overs. Whereas I feel like Aitnori could have that sort of end product um, more next season. So for me, i really hope that he hope that he signs.
0: Yeah, I think um, Brighton was probably a bit on the wall for Vanagra. Um, when Johnny was injured and then we let him go out on loan, I think. Um, I, I'm guessing sort of, um, are you sort of sim- similar sort of feelings, Andy, then? Totally.
1: I'm looking at Ryan Newry's stats at the minute. <clears throat> if you look at his attacking stats, so pass completion is like 85% progressive carries. He does over six per game, dribbles completed, over two and a half per game. Those three stats have him in the 92nd, 81st and 98th percentile. Like he's a high-class attacking defender. When you look at his defensive stats, though, you're looking at his interceptions, he's in the 24th percentile, his blocks, clearances, aerials won, they're all in the 30s. So he doesn't have that defensive side to him. But like Gully pointed out, if this is going to be a case of uh, Bruno bringing in this uh, the fullbacks get covered by the pivotal midfielders. You want him on the ball as much as possible, and we, we've got the evidence to suggest that per ninety minutes he's going to deliver. So it's a
0: no-brainer for me. You've got to sign him, definitely. And good use of stats. I- <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, so I was well, not. That I don't expect you to come, uh, come with notes, but I was not expecting that. <laughs> but no, I think that I think it's sort of it, it. You know, it's kind of interesting to sort of see the numbers back up but he is very good going forward but needs to improve defensively and i think he is someone in that last i guess six games of the season or eight games or whatever it was where a few of the young players got more game time he was one who kind of consistently did well um I, i'm gonna sort of skip Marsau because we didn't really see enough of him i, I think he was good when he played but, but when did he play yeah,
3: well yeah I think if you if you have a look at it, we won the games that he started, um, as a as a standard case in point. And you know, if we talk about him too much, he might just pick up an injury, so we're probably better
0: off. <laughs> yeah. I'm genuinely scared. He, he like he he's just gonna I feel like he's just gonna join that long list of Wolves players who are just permanently injured. Which is a real shame you say of, it kind of doesn't
2: matter though, does it, if we start with Ray or not. Lurie, and then Johnny's back in November, he might as well just keep him in, in
0: the hope that we only paid two million and he might be fit one day. Mm, yeah. Um, so the next two, and I'll go, oh, the next two, we'll go for sort of the centre-halves in uh, Willy Bolly and Cody. I mean, that they almost had peaks and troughs at the opposite times so for one another for me. And C- Cody, we'll, we'll go Captain Cody first. And, he seems to have gone through a real bad patch, pretty much from that England call-up slash goal in November, I think it was, and it seems to have he's just not had that all about him. And I think it, it. I feel like I've probably been really harsh on Cody for most of this year because I feel like he's obviously that leader on the pitch for us, but for me, everyone feeds off his energy. He just doesn't seem to be bringing it for one reason or another, whether it's tiredness, formation, whatever. Um, I, I, I don't know. It, it's been a real tough one for me um, with, with Cody. Andy, how how did you sort of find it this season? I, I don't know what's happened to Connor Cody from
1: 18 months ago. Gone are those progressive passes from the back. He doesn't look forward at all anymore. And that was always one of his strengths and that's what started so many of our blistering attacks. And don't get me wrong, I know we don't have uh, Doherty right back, but it's not like we've got some jobber there. We've got Samedo, someone who can carry the ball forward and there's just none of that. His defensive stats have been really piss poor this season. He just, he doesn't. He doesn't pressure. He's not really that good at tracking back anymore for some reason, which was always a strong point of his. His interceptions, less than one per game. I, I don't know what happened to him, but he just looks devoid of confidence that he had prior to uh, the coronavirus outbreak
0: 18 months ago. So, Kim, do you want fancy wildly speculating what happened to Connor Cody? <laughs> um, I think he probably
2: just got caught up in this England bubble with the elite and thought, no, I don't know. I don't actually know what's happened to him. I just think, I don't even think, though, for the whole season he didn't exactly play well. So, like, even before the England call-up, from what I can recall, he hasn't been, you know, that player that we knew. And I'd, I, the biggest thing for me that like I can't get my head around is why he had he wasn't even attempting those crossfield passes that used to almost start the attacks. I like I don't understand. Like was it Nuno telling him not to do that? But then why would a coach tell a player not to do something that usually kind of worked and helped us get in behind with the fullbacks? So. And then the other thing is, as he just completely lost his confidence. Now I think generally his his all round play did show to me that he had lost his confidence, and he had, you know, just not just just in terms of starting attacks, but he was all you know the def the defense always sort of getting caught out. He was getting you know he couldn't keep up with a lot of the. You know, strong that last season, you'd expect him to make those last big blocks, and a lot of the time, it was almost his fault, if you like, for a lot of the a lot of the goals. Um, and it's hard to put your finger on, and, and maybe something to do with as well that the di- the mid centre midfield, I think last season wasn't good enough and wasn't protecting the defence enough, despite us being. So deep a lot of time, it's you know, we still weren't agile enough, so maybe that's something to do with it. But I think overall, it's just the general overall performance of the team sort of almost brought him down, and he wasn't that same player really that that we know.
0: Yeah, Gully, I think we, um, both Q and Andy sort of mentioned in terms of, I guess, that tactical shift and that he wasn't trying those. I guess for raking passes, balls over the top just weren't there this season. Um, I guess sort of my question is: Do you think that's player-driven or coach-driven? Uh, or when I say player, whether it's Cody actually or the players he's got around him, try, uh, keen on making those runs?
3: Well, I mean, the one thing we haven't mentioned is that it might have been opposition-driven at the end of the day. Yeah, because, very true. Very you true. know, if the pass isn't on, he's just not going to play it, is it? So. And we've seen how critical it was as a way of getting us up the pitch. um, That if you're an opposition manager setting up a team against us, you wouldn't, you know, you're not a manager worth your salt if you don't try and find a way of stopping that pass from happening. Um, So I think teams have cottoned on to us a little bit from that regard. And he suffered as a result, obviously. The other thing being, I think Doherty was a bit of an aerial threat um, out on that flank, which Semedo clearly isn't. And those bigger balls um, suit Doherty a little bit more. Um, Where Samado is probably better receiving the ball to feet and carrying it forward, and you know, little things like that can make a big impact on a team. I do also think, and you know, as we look at each player individually, it's worth considering this. There aren't that many players who can play well individually, individually, irrespective of the way the team's playing. I don't think you know. Two of those players are probably Neto and Traore just because, you know, they can take two or three men on at any given moment. But the rest of the team, they need each other to play well, if you see what I mean, you know. And Cody's probably been a victim of that because, you know, the guys in front of him are protecting him as well. The guys in front of him aren't getting on the ball as much. They're not, you know, they're giving the ball away a little bit more. And all of it, you know, it's it's a, it's an 11-a-side football team you know it's a symbiotic relationship between the whole unit and Nuno always made the point that we attack as a team we defend as a team etc cetera, etc cetera. so you know everything kind of has to be viewed through that prism of you know what it's a collective and you know it, he's probably suffered a little bit with the team suffering uh, on the
0: whole no I think I think that's I think that's completely fair Wolves, I think we we must have been saying it for years we are sort of greater than some of our parts because you say sort of it's all run through a team. It's all run through a system, and the system sort of broke down a bit this season. Um, again, I- I'm going to skip Johnny just because I think it was a it was a really sad sort of turn of events that he he, he came back for three games and you know did and had a very similar injury, which is sort of you know gut wrenching considering how quality it has been for us. But uh, G- Gully, you mentioned Smedow, and my question for you is if he signed for half a fee, would he be rated twice as much?
3: You know, you're probably totally right. You are. Mm. Um, but we're in the era of people viewing transfer fees as the measure of a player, really, aren't they? So um, it's unfortunate because, you know, any team that spends that much on a fullback slash wingback, you are almost expecting them to be a real game change of a player. And Samad never been that for anyone you know he's still he's a very good footballer but you you just not you're not expecting him to win games for you and I think that's what people might have um, had their hopes on um, but at the same time he took a little bit of time to get used to the Premier League which you know first impressions count don't they and some people still still don't seem to have got that out of their head um, which uh, you know is probably going to hang over his Wolves career. I've I've made the point that I think when fans are back in stadiums, I'll appreciate him a little bit more. Live action, close quarters. You know, you know, it's probably things that um, are more difficult to understand watching from your armchairs, which we've all, we've all had to do at the end of the day. So you know, it's, there's no no blame attached to anyone for that. But I think over the course of the season, you can actually call out him as having a good one in the end.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm sort of very much in the camp, but he had. Out of, I, I reckon I'd have more of our top four or five players this season personally. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it, that's to be fair; it's not exactly a great bunch this year, um, as we've sort of already alluded to. We've not even hit midfielders. Um, Kim, how frustrated were you considering sort of everything sort of Gully just said um, that he scored that goal last game of the season because it's what we've been crying out for to have him make an inside run like that and get on the end of something in the middle of a box and score? And obviously it was Doherty, yes, but was it frustrating for him not to do it more? I know he's not that type of player, as Goody said, but the system still craves it. Yeah,
2: and I think, in all fairness, though, I think I was one of his big critics, it's fair to say, when he first started, but in my opinion, I still think I was being there, he genuinely didn't look comfortable um, when he first started and he did really get caught out a few times defensively. However, as the season went on, you can't deny that he did get better and better and better. Now, the things that I still can't, I still don't think that the relationship that he has with Traore and I don't want to keep bringing up Matt Doherty because we need to sort of move on from him, but the understanding that Doherty and Troy had almost, I think, helped Troy because then, you know, he, he didn't have three players round because they had to watch Doherty. Whereas I still don't think that Samedo has that sort of attacking threat, shall we say, that Doherty had, um... But having said that, I'm quite positive that he's still getting up to the pace of the Premier League, you know. In Barcelona, I think there's a quote where he he didn't have to even think about defending because Barcelona, they don't need to think about defending and it's, you know, the league is not as physical as the Premier League. So I think, yeah, I think I'm quite positive. I think overall... He had a decent season in comparison to a lot of players. I agree with you, Rich, you know, top five players, definitely, but, you know, that's that's not difficult. And I think that, I think he'll improve next season and I think hopefully he'll fit into this new sort of attacking fullback um, regime that we're all hoping, presuming, going to hope him for with Aiton and, and Samado on, on each side. I'd be pretty happy if we went into next season with those two as a fullbacks.
0: Yeah, Andy. Sort of. Would you be happy with uh, again? I think similarly. He certainly seems to have done better in a back four than as a wing back as well. Would you be happy seeing him at? Um, I guess sort of starting right back next season as well. Yeah, totally. I don't think Hoover is
1: in the position yet to really challenge him. So it is Samayo or a new signing. Um, <clears throat> but I don't think we need a new signing if we're going to be looking at attacking backs, His stats bear out that he's a very good ball carrying, progressive defender.
0: That's what we yeah. need. Yeah, yeah, it's great. I mean, we've we've got um uh Hoover's um backup for him. I am gonna sort of skip us chatting about him because he didn't play an awful, awful lot. I think he had glimpses, but he's someone who needs that bit of extra time, I think. Um the only other defenders we've not really talked about um were Willie Bolly and Max Killman. Now, I think Bolly was someone who's had a quietly injury. Blighted campaign to a degree with sort of, I think he had a long COVID, he's had a hamstring injury, and it seemed to take him a bit of a while to get back each time. But I think he is still probably our most dominant centre back, would you say?
1: It's been quite disappointing, really. He's made 21 starts this season and 22 starts last season. So we've only had half a Willy Bolly for the last two years. And don't get me wrong, I, I do agree. I think he's our most dominant player. But you can't rely on him. I'm starting to worry that he's going to be a bit of a Marcel as he's starting to get older. If he's not going to be playing more than half a season, and we know next season we've got him going to um, the African Cup of Nations, his position's questionable, which is a horrible thing to say because he's a very good player. But
0: I mean, he's going See? off. He's going off to um, African Cup of Nations, but we've got um, Max Kilimanjaro to come in, so it'll <laughs> <he'll> be fine. <laughs> great punch I've been <laughs> be waiting a fucking season to try and get in and kill a man job <laughs> and oh god I'm, you don't realise how proud I am of my, I Just shoe Horn <laughs> Um Kim we'll, we'll kind of we'll, we'll pair them up um, uh, Bolly Kilman how did you sort of find them both this season I guess they're sort of I guess uh, the opposite ends of the depth charts to, to use an American phrase
2: Um, I think just to echo what Andy says, really, I think willy Bolly, obviously on his day, is our currently our best defender. But you, you just can't you can't rely on him. And when he has come in this season, he has looked like he hasn't played a lot of games. He looked a bit rusty. Now this poses a big question to me: to say that do we need two new two new centre backs in an ideal world, starting centre backs as well? That is because you know, without being too controversial, you don't know. We don't know really if Bolly and and Cody are good enough to to almost start every game and in this new attacking formation that we think we're all going to play. So yeah, I think if he wasn't injury prone and if he had, you know, he played every game and and there's no doubt he's he's a great defender, but there's still that question mark, isn't there really over him? So, hopefully he can get himself, you know, fully fit and, and raring to go. And if he was playing every game, I would have no problems with him, him sort of being our first choice centre-back. But, yeah, I think the is out. And then in terms of Kilmer, I mean, I don't understand why anyone would slight like Max Kilmer, really, because genuinely, every game he played last season, he was faultless. Like, there's no reason as to why you would... would The only reason that people don't like him is because he's not a Portuguese good-looking, you know, suave centre-back. He's almost sort of your old-fashioned, left-footed, no-nonsense centre-back, but he's actually quite good on the ball. So I would keep him in the squad, but I feel like we might try and ship him out, potentially.
0: Yeah, he, he he really sort of strikes me um, as the fourth choice centre back, and it almost doesn't matter who we might bring in; he'll still be a fourth choice centre back. Because you say mm-hmm. he's left footed, he gives you a bit of balance outside. He doesn't, ironically, unlike Bolly, But actually, wait, no. Apart, I guess, of all of the defenders who we've already mentioned this season who have been sort of at fault for goals, there's not been. He's not. I guess committed an absolute howler. There's not been one way, you know. There's been one where he's been turned a bit too easily and stuff like that. But he's not really been at fault as much. Um, I, I guess, G- Gully, how how are you sort of on Max Kilman? I mean, obviously, I don't think he's, you know, he's not going to pull up any trees, Premier League wise. I don't think, but you know, do you think he's got a? Um, do you think he's got a shot in the in the team next year? Then.
3: I think he there's no sense to moving him on because I don't necessarily see much value in him financially. But I also see that you know needs must. He can do a job for us. I don't I don't see him necessarily becoming a world beater of a centre half. I think we've probably seen what his level is um, already. But that's not a bad level really. Um, you know, to be a squad player um, as part of this, you know, he could almost fulfilled the role that someone like Roman Says has, has filled for us over the past you know couple of seasons as a supplementary centre half when your first choice aren't available. That's not a problem. You know he's left footed um which is another bonus as well. And I, I think he's he's quite underrated on the ball actually. I think um you can see that he's got a little bit of quality. He's not he's not a brilliant passer of the ball in terms of moving the ball into midfield and stuff, but he's composed enough. He keeps it simple and he likes blocking shots. You know, that's um, you know that's a valuable commodity for any centre-half to have. No, 1,000%. Um, the, the next
0: two, I'm sort of... And I've just realised I'm going to start quietly doing this in pairs for no apparent reason, but I like the symmetry. Um, the next two is, I guess, for two utility men in the Wolves team. And it's Roman Sace and Dendonka. Now, there's been talk of both of them being moved on. Um, and I mean, I, I can sort of see it with Both of you want my honest opinion, like looking, you know, looking back in a way, because say, I think first half of the year, I think I'd have probably had him down for player for season, Um, you know, in in terms of some of his performances. But he seems to have just dropped off, and whether it was sort of a case of him being sort of moved in different positions. And again, I can't quite see. I, I, I think it's one of those where if you can get an improvement on him, you can get one. And Dendonk has just had a... Uh, I'm just going to say, look, I, I'm probably Donker's biggest fan in the podcast and I think he's had a very underwhelmingly poor season, um, which breaks my heart to say. Gully, um, we'll start with Sace. Um, Season as a whole and I guess how you see him going forwards.
3: Yeah, I think, again, he's a player who we know he has his limitations um, but has also proven to become a solid, relatively dependable um, Premier League centre-back. Um, I think he's been unfairly singled out on a few occasions um, when it comes to uh, mistakes on goals and things. Um, for certain situations that don't necessarily... Um, they aren't as um, cut and dried as, as people make them out to be. It might be the case that, says. Is apparently, you know, a yard off his man, you know, in the box, and and his man scores a goal. But you know, there's a little bit more nuance to some of these situations, and he, he's often trying to put out a few different fires at once. And you know, I, I just think he's been such a good, committed footballer for us that you know he, he, he's quite invaluable in many ways. Like like I just mentioned with Gilman as a squad player, he's 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 worth his weight in gold. Um, he'll never become a brilliant centre half you know he's just not going to be but he has so many other values and virtues that yeah you, know, you, you want to keep him around the side really
0: yeah and i think you, you, you touched on something there i think it's quite important in terms of him being what what's the uh, american football phrase i've realized i've, I've dropped that in twice now it shows how much content i'm consuming um he's a good locker room guy yeah and like i think the captain you know the fact that he's captain for morocco as well you see how he is he's a you know, a big, large, and life character. You can see how that will kind of transmit on the players. And I think my sort of sticking point with Sase is that you know someone sort of said the other to me the other day that oh well maybe he could play in midfield next season if if we improve the back four. And I said he hasn't played in midfield for nearly two for two and a half seasons now. There's a reason for it. And I do worry considering we just spoke about Kilman being is a good squad player. How many good squad plays we could necessarily have going forwards. And I don't think it's a straight shootout between Sace and Kilman, but I don't see Sace being able to do it in a back four on a regular basis where I could see Kilman slotting in. Um, personally. I, I feel like I'm just shooting Sace down and I love for Bloke. Um, Kim, what, what are your sort of thoughts on on Sace?
2: I think I agree with what every, what every, everything and what you've both said. Um, I think he's actually been, at the start of the season, he was almost very good from an attacking perspective as well, if I remember rightly, yeah. He scored that really great goal against Leeds, which I think was ruled out.
3: Yes. Mm-hmm. Very
2: long work. Yeah,
3: he was playing at wing back, weren't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And
2: people were like, why well, is he saying he's playing at wing back? And then he, he turned up with that worldie which obviously got ruled out. But I think it's it's a hard one because I don't know if he should well, I know he shouldn't be starting in our first eleven because he's not good enough to start in centre midfield. He's not good enough to start in a back four and he's definitely not going to start at left back. But at the same time, he's obviously a great utility player because if we did have some sort of injury crisis, as a last resort, at least he can play a few positions. So for me, I'd, I'd still hold on to him because I think he's a decent backup. If we're going to expand the squad out, then I don't think personally we should be cashing in on him. And how much cash are we likely to get from him now? You know, so
0: for me, I'd keep him. I was going to say, we'll, we'll, we'll move on to Don Candy. And as I said, I I, I think he's had a underwhelming season. And I think, uh, as sort of Gully alluded to earlier, he seems to have someone who's suffered from the team suffering to a degree. Um, but I find it interesting how, I can't remember the last time he's had a good game for Wolves, but he's in the Belgium squad, which is probably, you know, what, probably one of the most competitive squads to get into the European Championships and he looks like he's going to be probably a starter or at least you know pretty much in contention for it so there's obviously a player in there um, I, I guess sort of what I'll say to you because I think we're probably all in agreement he's been underwhelming this season right yeah. absolutely good yeah. great so I guess sort of how do you solve a problem like Dendonka and what's his position going forwards
1: Million dollar question, isn't it? And part of me thinks the reason that Dendonka just hasn't hit the heights is because of Nuno. Because I don't think Nuno ever quite knew how best or how to get the best out of Dendonka. When he started, when his form really hit the skids, was when he kept moving in between midfield and defence and he never quite found a settled place in the team. I almost feel like he needs a run of games in a position and make that position his own. I think he could be a great centre-back for us, but I don't think you can play him for 60 minutes in defence and then 30 minutes in midfield. I think you need to give him that consistency. I don't think he's a box-to-box midfielder, purely because he's finishing isn't anywhere near good enough for that role. The few times we've seen him as this defensive midfielder protecting the back four, I've been quite impressed, but he's never. he's only been used in that position maybe once or twice. So... I'm hoping that Large will have an idea on what he can do with him because the previous incumbent clearly didn't know what he was doing with him. He used him as a jack-of-all-trades
0: and a master of none. Yeah, Kim, what what do you sort of think of Dendonka? I guess sort of, go, say, very much going forwards then.
2: Yeah, I, I'd agree. I think he almost lost his way, didn't he, in the end because it's almost like Nuno didn't know where his best position was he didn't he came off that he didn't really know what his role was within the game within most games and I I agree he's definitely not a box-to-box midfielder you know he, he he doesn't he's not exactly a creator and he's definitely not a good finisher so I still don't actually know what his best position is I feel like we could get some money back for him and I know that might seem a bit harsh but I feel like he's one player that he hasn't pulled up any trees for the past couple of seasons and I know he's not long signed a new contract but potentially I feel like we could if we've got a sell to buy he's one player that we could get some cash for especially if he has a good Euros he's starting for Belgium I, p- I believe most games so if he has a good euro, then his stock should rise well, and we could potentially get, could we get 15 million? I don't know. But, you know, it's one to think about, I think.
0: I, feel, I think I do think it's an interesting um point, to be fair, because, well, I guess over the last three years, he's not quite found a position. And if he doesn't quite fit it for this manager as well, it, it, it's a bit of a wasted opportunity for him. So, I don't. I think there might be potential mileage in him sort of making with if if we are looking to change the dynamics in, you know, in that system. Gully, what what do you think?
3: I think Dendonka is the biggest example um, we've got in the squad of a player who is judged essentially on his last game um, constantly and, Mm. you know, an inability for him to you know, be viewed any other way. I I, I always use the example of Jordan Henderson because I remember him coming to Molyneux and being um, one of the most anonymous footballers I've ever seen uh, for Sunderland. And he's gone on to become a Champions League winning captain, a Premier League winning captain for Liverpool. He had a really good season the season before. Um, He had a pretty decent second half to his first season at Wolves. You know, him having a relatively poor campaign this season does not mean that next season he's not worth you know his spot within squad. You know, he has the capacity to improve. He has the capacity to clearly, you know, fight for a place on international stage. And I think he's probably held in greater regard by people within you know football coaching circles and 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 management. You know, than he is within you know the spectator because he's not a thrilling player to watch. Let's be honest, he's quite a funny guy to look at when he's running. Um, you know he's not going to finish chances, mm-hmm. and he probably does a lot of shit that people just don't notice because he's cutting off passing lanes. He's getting about the pitch. You know people have called him like you know Dave Edwards, you know a poor man's Dave Edwards and shit like this, which frankly <laughs> so it's insulting to the bloke if I'm being totally honest. Um, you know for the bloke who's starting games for Belgium, but I, I, I think I feel, I feel like I'm calling out the Wolves fan base here. You know you got to cut him some slack, and if we get rid Do of it. him, he literally. It. Has, we literally have zero central midfielders left if we get rid of him. So, um, you know, go figure that one out.
1: In fairness, I think the, the critique of him being a poor man's Dave Edwards is that he's been asked to play the Dave Edwards role whilst not being that type of player at all. Yeah. So he, yeah. he's being judged on something he's not.
3: That's yeah. the issue, isn't it? The only reason I mean, being that he can get into of... the box and headable, you know, and he can win a header. So that's probably why, yeah. Nuno's knows? Oh, I did. He can, he can try and get him into those kind of positions, but mm. it's just not worked.
0: Well, I think, uh, and I think if you've noticed, uh, you noted about, it, I guess, his defensive positioning in terms of him. I guess he's not really a block busting, block busting, blockbuster defensive midfielder you know he's not crunching in the tackles but he's quite savvy in how he gets in the right positions and closes down you know uh, passing lanes but he also seems to be very astute going forwards in terms of getting himself in the right positions but he's uh you know he's a defensive midfielder centre half or whatever bit of a unit who's not necessarily does you know spent 20 years of his life you know molding what he wants to do around being able to get into a box and finish and you say he's sort of being asked to do things that just don't quite fit him but um moving i guess into center midfield um we've got Neves and martino and uh, the portuguese duo both of who have been sort of linked with moves um away from walls and i think um, I mentioned about sort of top five players. I think Ruben Neves was probably in sort of my top two, I think, this season for a large period of time. Um, but I, I know Gully's done enough analysis on um, on Neves this season in terms of him being a defensive midfielder and actually being a really good one at that. Um, but it doesn't quite fit the Wolves fan narrative, I guess, of him being this you know cultured you know passing midfielder i guess and that sort of change in his game um gully i guess i'll kind of go you know go to you on this one because you speak a lot more eloquently on it than me um do you yearn for him moving back to i guess having the time and the luxury to just pass the park away
3: you know what, he, again, going back to the point, you know, someone who's suffered with the team suffering, um, frankly, the players ahead of Neves, um, I think are a big part of his game and when you've got players like Neto, Traore, um, Minas, Jimenez, um, Jota, you know, these guys have totally um, defined the way ne- Neves has played for the last couple of seasons. Um And again, a player who has suffered as a result of it. I think he's got. I think he's beginning to prove that he's almost a world-class defensive midfielder. He's he's very very good at anticipating, reading the game. You know, intercepting passes, making tackles. Um, But like you say, because it's not got the the um, the cherry on the top with the the thirty-yard screamer. You know, people seem to think that he's having a poor game or a poor season. But I think you'd instantly seeing him upturning his form with a bit more of a dynamic forward line in front of him.
0: No, com- completely agree. Um Kim, do you think uh, I guess sort of good he's pretty much alluded to it, but um you know has he very much suffered from Jossa going the same way Cody maybe suffered from Dotie going? I think
2: so. I think that's very fair to say that you know if we haven't got the the off the ball running that we have when we had Jota and him and starting, that's pretty much Neves' attacking game, isn't it? You know, like he is a great defensive midfielder, but, but we don't tend to notice. You know, his interceptions, his blocks, and he's got a lot better at that this season. But the one area that he's sort seemed to have got gone downhill on is his sort of free kicks. And it's like, I don't know quite know what's happened because he literally barely gets a free kick on target. Never mind, scores one. Um, so that's my one big issue, shall we say, with him. But then if he is a defensive midfielder, I think I'd agree, he's definitely in the in terms of you know, his all-round defensive play, he's he was in the top three players for me um last season um by a country mile because I think he had some bad games, but overall he was quite consistent in his overall performances. But sometimes you did, you, people did sort of cling on to the fact that he was just awful at his, his free kicks. So, yeah, I feel like he might have played his last game for Wolves, but in an ideal world, I think, I'd hope not, because if it's 45 million, I think we'll struggle to potentially get someone in that role as a defensive midfielder. Who's better for
0: that money? So I'm hoping it's not true, personally. Andy, uh, do you think that Nevers played his last game for Wolves, or do you think he could be again next year? Could really be a breakout year for him because I think I think judging on this season, I think he's got you know again potential to push on next season beyond quite a lot of the players in that team. I think he's ready for. A move to a
1: bigger club if I'm being brutally honest as much as it pains me to say that I don't want him to go I do agree with Kim I think I think he will probably be pushing for a move to if not a Champions League team a team who wants to be a Champions League team such as Arsenal um, is in that position he's a very good defensive midfielder like if you look at his heavy he presses presses the ball his interceptions his blocks he just gets around he's like a you know a Blue ass fly, he gets everywhere. And I, I yeah, I can see him fitting in quite well into the Arsenal team, to be perfectly honest. And I'll have to hate him when he leaves. That that's the worst thing about it. He'll be dead to me, but that's the way he goes, I'm afraid.
2: I'd be really disappointed if he actually does go to Arsenal. I feel like he can do better.
0: Yeah, I think he can do better. Yeah. I think that's it. Like I'm it's like I'm okay with you breaking up with me, but you know, you can still do you can you can do better than that. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm better. <laughs> I feel like I'm projecting now on, to.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah right? totally. there's a
0: story there, isn't there? <laughs> say, can anyone can my wife hear me, do you reckon from a floor above? <laughs> if
3: you're anyway, gonna move on, but not for that guy. <laughs>
0: yeah, don't move on. <laughs> for him. No, I do I, I do think you're right. I don't I can I can see why Arsenal, because frankly they can probably just about afford him, but <sighs> nah i i'm sorry like honestly if he went to i don't know um let for, for example just because they scraped um qualification for champions league like juventus let's say mm. i'd go yes if you, even if he went to hell liverpool to be honest again you know we you know do it following the jota route and i think i would said last year or year before it would be perfect or a man united even if they were looking to solidify the midfield but mm, I, I know i feel i can't feel at the moment. arsenal sort of dropped that a bit lower personally um the other sort of center midfielder we haven't talked about is Martinho, who i think by and large would we all say has been poor this season and not again sort of as someone who has regressed to a level where we're all a bit anxious whether you can actually pull it back next year or do any of you have, I guess, positivity that under a new manager with a, I was going to say a bit of a break, he's in the uh, Euros. Um, I'm now really anxious now that this 35-year-old guy is just not getting any break. Um, Do do you you see him being at A, being at Wolves next season and do you see him being able to perform or do you think he's someone who's going to, Quietly step back to being a squad player next year and then slip off next year. Um I'll go to Gully. Oh, I've been the chosen one. Um say, you, uh, for, for ten players, I've got a perfect circle. I've got that, nah, I'm just gonna screw it up. That anecdote is just screw uh, just completely messed with my routine, hasn't it? <laughs> it's alright,
3: you're just gonna have to deal with that after the pod finishes, right? Yeah,
0: it'll, be yeah. fine. it'll
3: be fine. <laughs> um yeah. <sighs> Okay, I don't want to keep trying out the same line, but I'd still think Martino's probably suffered from the options ahead of him, just not being of the quality that there were. Um, and, you know, when, when he's playing on the back foot a lot of the time, such as we we have, I think he will end up suffering out of, out of possession. He he's, he's a pretty diligent worker, and uh, I think people quite... Un, you know, understand how hard he works. I, th- I think for a, for a bloke of his age, he covered a hell of a lot of ground. Um, and I think there's still it's still a bit of an assumption on people's side that because he is a year older, he's getting slower, and not like he is literally you know ready for the scrapyard. I don't think he's quite ready for the scrapyard. But in a different team, in a different system, he could still work. Um, not the way that we've used him. Our central midfielders have to get through a hell of a lot of work. Um, you know, protecting the back three um, as it has been, and, and the back four as well. So, in a more possession-heavy, possession-dominant team, I still think, think he has a role to play. Um, is there much point in us keeping him on? Um, if it's going to stifle an, another player's growth, such as you know um, a, a new Portuguese wonderkid, Vitinha, then I, I don't really see the point in, in hanging around. But if Bruno sees a role for him uh, in, a, in, like you say, a different style, different setup then you know, he's, he's still an invaluable player, as seen by the fact that he's still a Portugal international.
0: Yeah, I think
3: yeah. Um, you, you've touched on something
0: there for me. I, I guess he's obviously still got something about him and he, he almost seems like the sort of player who will still be able to do something you know, at the age of 38 in the middle of the park for some team somewhere.
3: But you'd Hopefully gonna... my Sunday league team, um, if, if anything.
0: I was going to say, what, what 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 incentive? What set um, incentives could you offer? Would you pay his subs or what? What, um, what would you offer? Captain's armband?
3: I'll, I'll get him a pint after every game in the pub. Yeah, that'll do, won't it? There we go. I think I, I think that could work. I mean, to be fair, he'd save <laughs> he'd save money.
0: He'd save a decent amount in the long run. Um, yeah. But what I was going to say is, is his involvement in the squad as a first team player, let's say, restricted. You know, uh, you've said Virginia I think ju- just because of the transfer rumour, Neves. Um, and if you had, I'll, I'll sort of do it briefly with Kim and, and Andy, but if you had to choose one to stay next season and one to go um, out of Neves and Matinho, Kim, which one would you pick? Well, matinho has got
2: to go, hasn't he, just because of his age. Um, he's obviously coming to the end of his career now. Um Still in great shape, so I don't think he has been having many points fully. So I don't think he'll take you up on that offer. I think if you offered him a wine after every match, I feel like that might be more a piece of street. But he's,
3: he's definitely a red wine kind of guy, uh, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um but yeah, I am I'm a little bit on the fence because I but I actually expect him to probably leave, you know, like obviously not you know, without looking too far into the, the rumours, it does feel like we are coming to an end with some of these sort of Nuno signings however I would like to see how we would get on in this new formation and, and maybe would flourish a little bit more if we're you know if we are going more attacking so I feel like he might go I wouldn't be adverse to him going or staying but I think we have to think about it he's one of our highest paid players isn't he and if we're struggling for wages slash transfer Mm -hmm. budget is it worth just cashing in and using that that money for wages for some new signings potentially so it's one of those i'll be sad to see him go because he's such a good player but i wouldn't be too upset in the long run
0: Andy, Neves or Moutinho is your starting centre midfielder next season?
1: It's got to be Neves. Um, like I do like Moutinho and it feels harsh to say it, but he's at that point in his career now where he can't be in the first 11 week in, week out for a team with the ambitions that we've got. I don't know where Moutinho will fit in to a Bruno Large team if he goes the way that we're sort of expecting Bruno Large to go. So again, just looking at his stats here, he's got shot creation actions, three per game, which is like in the 90th percentile. He's a very good shot creator. He does actions that bring other players in and he's a good attacking player. But then you look at the other end with his defensive actions, which as a centre midfielder under large, I imagine they will need to be more important. And we know that he's the most dribbled past uh, midfielder in the league. Like his clearances, aerials, one blocks, they're all right there in the bottom. I don't think he's, he's obviously not that type of player. He's not going to play him as the second striker that's rumoured to be the way that Large plays. So I, I don't think he's got a role for us, but his experience is invaluable. So if he does stay, I wouldn't be too disappointed. But if he stays and he's in the starting eleven, I probably would be a little bit perturbed that we haven't improved on it.
3: Just on that, just on that uh, point, Andy, as well. Um, I don't think I've ever seen a player better at fouling people without getting a yellow card. Oh, he's an absolute shitbag for us, isn't he? He's brilliant yeah. at it. Yeah. Like, somehow, referees just, just I don't know, maybe it's because he's so small, just pat him on the head and say hi. I, he's, he's <laughs> I think it's really
0: really how he, apo- he apologises as well. <laughs> that's it for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to say, I used to do a similar thing at um, Sunday League, where I did a foul, just go, oh, sorry about that. And, you know what?
3: It, it helps it. a little bit. It <laughs>
0: greases for wheels. I was going to say.
2: He makes, the, he makes the challenge. And even when he's just, as he's the moment he's made the challenge and made contact, he puts his hands up, doesn't he? Like, mm. yeah. right away. And he seems to just get away with it every time.
0: So, we've got four more players left to cover um, who, who sort of really want to. Because I think, we could talk about Jimenez and the 13 games, but I think his season, however well he did in those sort of uh, initial dozen games, I think it's just been so overshadowed. Um and William Jose, I think we can all just do, you know, we can we can write that one off. Um I guess it's sort of our our front line now. So we've obviously Pedro Neto's had a breakout year for us, um, and I think he has, you know, got star qualities in the making. Um, the player I wanted to talk about was Podence, who I thought he was going to be our, you know, our, our number 10 magician and via injury and inconsistencies, just not done it this season, which has been, I guess, one of our uh, biggest, uh, one of my biggest frustrations, I think, this season alongside Dendonka. Andy, what do you think about uh, Podence? Um He looks like he's really good, but I think he's deceiving people.
1: Like, he's got the tricks and the magic, but he ain't got much else. Like, he's got no end products, and that's really frustrating because he looks like he's got everything else about him, and he's another one who seems to be made of biscuit. Like, he's made 20-odd appearances this season. You just can't rely on that again. If the opportunity comes to cash in, I'd be inclined to let him go, to be perfectly honest.
0: Yeah, I've, I think sort of I'll be leaning that way at this point, especially with the emergence of Virginia and dare I even say Gibbs White?
1: Finally, the emergence of Morgan Gibbs White. Been I was going to
0: say, I've been banging that drum for four years. Uh, and you know what? He scored one goal, so I think he, you know, we've just got a back and play for England at this point. Yeah, in,
3: absolutely. Uh, How is he not in the squad?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if F- Foden's in there. What's he ever done? You know, um, <laughs> it's it's a, it's a disgrace. Gully, what are you on? There? How do you sort of sit on Poden's? I, uh,
3: I, I'm a fan. I am personally a fan. I think he, he's a he's a bit of a good times footballer. Where I think if the team's playing well. He's, he's right at it, you know, he's pulling out all the tricks, he, he's a, an important part of it. But he seems to have a bit of a temperament issue, um, where if things aren't going his way, he gets quite sulky. Um, and if you compare that to, you know, the player who essentially he replaced in, in Jota, you know, Jota was an unbelievable footballer when he was angry. Um, you know, he dragged the team by its bootstraps up the field and win you a game. But Pedence would rather probably, you know, try and get as fouls out of the, the referee. You know, dive around, drop, smash his fists on the floor. You know, he's the size of a toddler and he can have a tantrum um, like one Carney as well. So, um, I, I'm willing to give him another season. I think um, in a better better team with a more attacking setup because I think he can be a good part. Not the key part. I don't think he's good enough to necessarily be the main man in like a, a, an attacking team. But as a part of a more fluid system like we hope to have next season, I think he could be a good uh, element of it.
0: Definitely. Um, we'll move on to sort of Traore now, Kim. I guess sort of, again, he was someone who sort of struggled with injuries sort of first part of the season. But uh, he seems to have picked it up, I guess, that that last sort of dozen or so games. And again, so we must have something. He's in the he's in the Spain squad for the Euros as well.
2: Yeah, um, I don't know if that's to do with. I've, I've been doing a little bit of research, for the old tipster on on Euros, but I believe mm, okay. that Spain have not got any sort of pace in their team in their squad. So you could probably suggest that they picked Royoyo just for that element. Um, probably not looking at his uh, poor end product this season. Um in all fairness to him though, I think he generally in towards the latter part of the season, definitely he really looked like the player of old um, that we saw, I think, last season. Um I feel like Troy War will come into his own again if and when Raoul's back. And in this new system, if we can get him, you know, really playing well and making some. Getting, getting in behind, getting in behind, and making runs because for me, with his pace, we should be. There should be multiple times in one game that we should be getting in behind with his pace, but that never happens. He always wants to take the ball from deep every time, um, which only results in one thing usually: him running down the byline and then putting a cross in, which is great. Apart from the fact that we never have anyone in the box, um. That was the same the previous season, but the difference was you had Raoul in the box and you had at least Jota coming in and, and that kind of thing. So I think, I feel like it's a big season for Troy all right and I hope we don't sell him. But I can't say for definite that I think he will be here because I do feel like he could be angling for a move. And I think we'll sell if the price is right. Um, so we'll see. Yeah,
0: I think um, Troy is going to be an interesting one. Uh, I was going to say moving forward, sort of post Euros, because I think, Goody, if you, am I, I thinking? only I feel like I might have be making sort of, a, you've tipped him to have a relatively big Euros?
3: Yeah, I, I think he will probably play 20 minutes a game, but will also be one of the breakout players of, of this tournament because he's so different to any other player on the planet. And he will be playing against players who, Frankly, what I won't have a clue how to deal with him. Um, you know, we we forget that the Premier League is probably the most uh, physically demanding and athletic league out there. So, you know, my man from the Ukrainian, um, you know, first division, ain't gonna have a bloody clue what to do with him if 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 Bedarmitriora is running at him. And I'm expecting the Spain to use him as a bit of an impact player, but I, I really do think you know. And you know, this is how tournaments work, isn't it? People only need a couple mm-hmm. of good games. The next thing you know, they're legends for the rest of their careers. Um, so this could be one of those moments where Adama comes to life.
0: No, um, fingers crossed he he does. Um, last but not least, it's a big fabs, uh, Fabio Silva, who I uh, I think pretty much from the start, I think a few people were a bit hesitant. Obviously, he had to sort of uh, hit the ground and got sort of chucked in at the deep end in the end. Um, but I was trying to look back on it for this For He didn't have too many bad games or too many games actually where he looks completely out of his depth. Even at the start, he showed he had good movement. He was getting in the right positions. He could do the little things holding up the ball. Obviously he's got a lot stronger as well in the last nine months as well. I think that's apparent, but, um, Andy, for you, um, I I guess, do you sort of see him really sort of pushing for the starting number nine and being the the main striker next season? Because I I think, you know, he, again, he is someone who quietly has done the business, I think, for someone his age.
1: Yeah, I've been impressed with him this season. It's been an arduous time. He obviously didn't expect to play. None of us expected him to play. I don't think, I think if you've got a fit, Jimenez, you're obviously going to go with him first and foremost. I wouldn't, I don't expect him to go with both Jimenez and Fabio next season in starting eleven. But I have no qualms about him coming off the bench for the like, the last half an hour of games. I'd, I don't think the team would be demonstrably worse off with him on the field than with him not being on there. So, Yeah, I, I think he's had a, a decent season for I mean, he's still a child, let's be perfectly honest. He can just about legally drink in this country. So I, I don't think you can overlook the fact that he's had a, a big, big year and he's made some massive strides. So, yeah, I'm, I'm more than pleased with what he's uh, he's given us this year. And he scored against the shit. I know he like, obviously didn't go our way over 90 minutes, but it's a big moment for any player to score against your team's local rivals and he'll always
0: be a bit of a hero for that. No, definitely. Um, Will we'll, we'll Envis... On something, uh, you know, uh, uh, just something a bit fun and the fact that I can see Andy and, and Kim having a drink at the moment. You've just mentioned that Fabio Silva's just about old enough to drink. Which pub would you take him to in Wolverhampton? Just just for a quick pint after a game. If it, obviously. Oh, He'd look, maybe, as, he would look as uncomfortable head. as you did in there, to be rich. <laughs> <laughs> in hindsight, I can't remember if we've told this story um on on, on the pod we really don't have time for anecdotes because we've already knocked it out and i need to (laughs) knock. we've got like uh, about 40 minutes more content to power through um we met up for a drink after the game it was in november i was wearing a fleece and a coat we hadn't agreed where we're going for a drink we said i'll meet up afterwards so at midnight i'm in gifford wearing a quarter gila jacket and a fleece i don't think i've ever looked any more out of place in my entire life
1: yeah i don't think many people who wear cardigans have sat
0: on the throne <laughs> in the giffords <laughs> yeah so kim how about you where, where are you taking him for a drink
2: well you know i don't really know pubs in Wolverhampton these days not living in the area well i do to be fair but i don't write that many of them uh I wouldn't take him to a pub in Wolverhampton. I will say I'll take him round my jewelry quarter. Okay. And yeah, a little pub crawl
0: around your quarter is
2: more. That's
0: think. good. That's no, good. I mean, it's probably a bit more up his street if we're gonna <laughs> if we're gonna be honest with ourselves, and then you know we can hit jam house afterwards. That, that seems fair <laughs> to me. Um, Gully, how about you?
3: I think he could do with um, a bit of a protein kick so you'd have to take him for a mixed grill somewhere wouldn't you um just a nice platter of meat you know fill him up um to name a few in walls you've got the U tree probably you know right in the arse end of um well grazeley probably you call it wouldn't you um in U tree so yes that feels like a good chat. um take him down a street that he looks like he might get shot at the end of um (laughs) But before you know it, we've just stuffed in with meat,
0: which is which sounds great, doesn't it? <laughs> have a lovely time. All right, so we're going to take a short break. Um, we'll be back after this. We're going to talk a little bit about Nuno, a little bit about the board, and a bit about the new man, Bruno. We'll be back right after this. Thanks for listening to part one of our end of season podcast. Um, make sure you check out part two coming out tomorrow, um, where we'll talk about Nuno about. Um, board and backroom staff at Walls, and about our new manager Bruno look forward to catching up with you all soon when you're drinking a frozen beverage from McDonald's your brain may not like
1: how refreshingly cold it is but the rest of your body oh yes it's going to relish every moment of it because there are drinks then there are
3: drinks from McDonald's
1: Get all the chill you need for just $1.69. From any size frozen drink, like a frozen Fanta Blue Raspberry, to a new ice-cold lemonade.
2: Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer.